Welcome to the Innovation Meets Leadership podcast. Real inspiration for real innovators. If you're looking for innovation and leadership transformation, your journey starts now. Welcome to the Innovation Meets Leadership podcast. I'm your host, Natalie Bourne. Guys, I wanted to welcome the now 48, can you believe it? 48 countries literally listening from around the world. Angola, welcome to the podcast. Today, I am so excited to introduce you to Carol Seymour. She is not only a founder and CEO of Signature Leaders, but she is somebody who actually develops women, and I love this about her mission, to accelerate more women into the executive leadership spaces, which is, as you know, it's a it's a <laughs> difficult thing to, to do. We're not having as much representation as we should. And so Carol is an author of Wisdom Warriors. It's a collection of over 200 stories that talk about some of these women within her signature leaders program. And all of these women are accomplished executives. So I'm so excited to talk to Carol today. Carol, welcome to the podcast. Thanks, Natalie. Glad to be here. Well, you know, as we talk about this program, one of the things I think you've done a great job of doing is delineating the difference between sponsorship and mentorship. A lot of times people try to group these things together. Um, I've actually done talk about this before. I think they're two very distinctly different things. And I would love for you to like share that with our listeners. How did you arrive at that conclusion? And then what do you help women understand about the difference between these two lanes? Yeah, great. Thanks. First of all, thank you for having me here. You have picked a topic that I'm super passionate about and spending a lot of time on as well. You know, one thing about sponsorship is actually very misunderstood. In the role that I play in running my own company, and I love that you're getting so global, we've had six continents represented through Signature Leader. So I've had the privilege and honor of spending time with 1,800 women. So I'm hearing firsthand, you know, a lot of their anxieties, a lot of their challenges. And sponsorship is, as I mentioned, misunderstood, but it's really one of the best tools that companies can use now to help accelerate women into those more senior roles. So let me share one data point or one research data point, which is why I get so passionate about this. Each year, the World Economic Forum publishes a global gender parity gap report. And in 2020, Natalie, the report said that it will take 257 years for women to achieve economic parity, 257 years. So my children, my grandchildren, their children will never see that. And that's on the economic dimension. The report actually covers four dimensions, economic, education, health, as well as political attainment. But here's the thing. In 2019, that same report was actually 52 years better. So we're going backwards. And this is why I'm really passionate about sponsorship, because it is a tool and an approach and actually a culture that companies should build so that their women can get that acceleration. You increase their visibility, they get the, the velocity. And it's really not just women, it's underrepresented groups as well. So let me answer your question. What's the difference between sponsorship and mentorship? Let me give you the classic difference. On one end of the spectrum, you have mentorship. That is private 
It's one-to-one. If I'm your mentor, Natalie, you and I have a conversation behind closed doors. It's just you and me. I'm giving you guidance. I'm giving you counsel. There's no skin in the game from me. Right. All right. I walk you to the door. I say, great, Natalie. I want you to be successful. Go be successful. Mm. On the other end of that spectrum is sponsorship. Sponsorship is very different. It's actually 180. Classic sponsorship says, hey, I'm invested in you. I know you so well. I trust you. We have a relationship. I know what you're capable of. And I am going to actually be your PR agent. I am going to help elevate you. I am going to be that person behind closed doors that is saying, Natalie's ready for this promotion, this stretch assignment. I'm putting my own reputation on the line. Those are two opposite ends of the spectrum. The way you describe that is just is so beautiful because one person is advocating for you. They have a seat at the table and they're advocating for you at the table versus just mentoring you kind of on the sideline, so to speak. And so I, I love the differentiation there of what it looks like to have somebody put some skin in the game, sit at that table and be an advocate for you. Such a huge difference. So if someone's thinking about this now and they're listening to this saying, oh, okay, it's clicking for me. I don't have an advocate. What are some of the ways that you would suggest they start thinking about getting an advocate? What does that even need to, to look like? Yeah, that's a great question. And I'm actually spending a lot of my time with companies on what's in between. So getting an advocate and being an advocate before you are a sponsor, I'd like to touch on both of those. But as someone who wants to have an advocate, I actually have to show up and shine for them, right? They have to know the things that I do. You have to build a trusted relationship. So you can start with mentorship. You can ask someone to be your mentor. You can't ask someone to be your sponsor. So let's say that there is someone who is higher up, who has the ability to influence some of those decisions. That's what I want. Your direct supervisor is typically not going to be a sponsor, right? That's their job to kind of help develop you. What you want to do is get some visibility by people who actually don't know that much about you. And so you want to show up in places where they get a chance to see you, being part of an initiative, doing something outside of your regular work zone, if you will, and being able to be seen. Maybe, you know, there are resource groups, there are cross-company initiatives, you know, raising your hand and being part of those allows visibility into some of the other things that you're capable of. Unfortunately, in this environment that we're in now, which is so virtual, people don't get to see all of that. They get to see just the very transactional things that happen with your job, and they don't even really know your reputation. So there are different ways that you can show up and see that. For companies and leadership, they really need to think about how they can advocate for others before they sponsor. And that's really the big opportunity, I think, for most companies. And we're spending a lot of time with organizations on what does that look like? What are the behaviors, right? Because a lot of companies are doing education programs around unconscious bias. Well, that tells you what not to do. It doesn't really tell you what to do. Right. Those are the behaviors I shouldn't be doing. What are the behaviors that I need to be doing? 
as a leader to help advocate for others. And there's a whole lot of ground in that particular space. Wow. That's so powerful because part of, I think, I think it is on the companies to figure out how to create sponsorship. But I also think that we can't wait around for it. I mean, when I think about that report that you just rattled off, man, it's it's disappointing to hear how many lifetimes we're going to have to wait for that parity. And so as that tension is, there's that kind of that tug of war. It's almost like if your company does not have a program like this, it's part of it is you figuring out who in your organization can sponsor you. And I can even remember at certain points in my career having sponsors. For me, they were all male sponsors. I, you know, I grew up in technology. So, but it was amazing to have somebody in the room speaking on my behalf when I wasn't included in a project saying, no, Natalie should be included in this project. Here's why. And so having that person that advocates on your behalf, it seems like I think about my own career, it seems critical for all of us, but especially women, especially minorities. Yeah, you are absolutely right. And I also had the good fortune early in my career to have someone who sponsored me. Sponsorship can change the entire trajectory of your career. And I had one of those and it was great. It was at the beginning of my career. I mean, in my first year of my career and I was in sales and that person was my advocate behind closed doors. Without him, I wouldn't have had the opportunity to open an office Uh, at a very young age. And while it was a new territory, there wasn't high risk in terms of of the lack of revenue for the organization. It gave me an opportunity to shine. And because I did, I quickly accelerated into a senior level sales leadership. So I think when you don't have someone who does that for you, then you have to figure out ways that you elevate your own profile. It's, uh, it's, Interesting. I mean, it's the whole reason I built Signature, right? Every one of us has a unique, distinct signature. And when you go through my three-day program, we spend a lot of time on all kinds of things that you can do to raise your own visibility. Now, that's not being self-promotional, but it is being very authentic to who you are. And it is being able to spend time with people who are not just your direct manager, and begin to create the visibility for yourself on things that you're interested in, passionate about, very capable of, the gifts that you bring to the organization. Once people start to see those things, they can start to connect to you. Mm -hmm. And that passion that shows up is also an attraction, right? It pulls people uh, towards you as well. But it clearly is something that we all need to try to do for ourselves. Yeah. You know, it's, it's so funny that you're saying some of these things because as you're talking about this whole idea of sponsorship, I kind of think for certain groups of people, it happens naturally, right? I even think about growing up in corporate, everything we did used to be centered around golf. So sometimes sponsorship was happening naturally, right? Through going to play a golf game with somebody that was higher up in the organization than you, you have almost, you know, five to six hours sometimes you're spending with them just just having fun and and them getting to know you, talk about your family. For a lot of women, they don't play golf. So these kind of formal, informal settings, they're not always in all of these different settings that sometimes men can be. And I remember distinctly saying, no, I'm not going to go to the spa when we go away on these trips. I'm going to learn how to play golf. And 
I was never very good, but I did go get a coach and I started coaching and learning. And on the weekends would sometimes go play, even just, you know, go to driving range or play like an eight, eight or nine hole where I just was trying to at least not embarrass myself on the, on the golf course. But the, yeah. there, there's this idea that like, you know, there are, are places that think about women or minorities, they, they may not typically go or sports they may not typically do. And therefore that kind of that sponsorship that happens naturally, a lot of times they're just not even at the table for it. Yeah, that's a great point. And I, I would say that that's certainly been the tradition. And that's why the classic sponsorship is often defined. I'm actually not really sure when the word sponsorship came into play, because when you think of the situation that you were describing, more white males have been at the leadership table. And because they traditionally get attracted or spend time with people who are most like you then more white males have disproportionately gotten sponsorship. They've gotten the advocacy at the table. That's called affinity bias, right? And we all have that. We all naturally gravitate to people who are very much like us. But I do think some of the dynamics are starting to change. What we look for are more role models in those senior level positions so that We also have people that we can see, oh, okay, that's okay. You don't have to be a golfer to actually get noticed. Now, what we need to do is create those opportunities where we can have those conversations. You know, the Me Too movement actually also hurt women because there were a lot of male executives who were like, oh, I don't want to go out to lunch now with someone, right? I don't want that to be seen the wrong way. Yeah. So- There is a challenge here. There's a challenge on both sides of how do I show up? How do you show up, Natalie, so that people get to know the things that we do, that they don't just get a a very specific piece to us. And that means that we have to spend more time doing that for ourselves Mm -hmm. or having other other people do it on our behalf. That to me right there, what you just explained is the biggest challenge. The Me Too movement exposed a lot, but it also it, it also closed some doors and people saying, okay, well, let's not do lunch because that's going to look bad or let's not you know, do this that, and the other, that's going to look bad. And so I do think there's some of that that has come in. And so as we kind of like go up this, this uphill kind of, you know, trudge that we're making in terms of parity, I think it's really important to mention that's why it's so important to put these corporate sponsorship programs into your organization so that it levels the playing field. I'm not saying it will be perfect, but it levels the playing field. It allows you access to more talent. One of the things I think we're dealing with right now across the board is the war on talent, right? Especially in more technical fields and executive fields, it's getting harder and harder to find the talent that we need. And so being able to be exposed to great talent early in the process I think is important to every leader. If every leader is not thinking about bench strength and wanting to go two to three levels deep to find good talent, then man, we're, we're just really not thinking ahead. So the fact that we could be exposed to amazing people sooner, I just, I don't Absolutely. see why everybody's not thinking about this as, as kind of a core yeah. thrust for how we get talent into and staying in our organizations. Yeah. And there's a lot of data that supports that. There was, uh, I, given this great resignation and this war for talent, right, there is a, 
some data that suggested that 85% of full-time working mothers with a sponsor stayed in their role versus 58% of moms who didn't have a sponsor. So sponsorship is absolutely important. Now, I'm working with a lot of companies around creating sort of sponsorship programs and so forth. The initial pushback that you get from people is, I can't sponsor someone if I don't know them. So here's the way I would have people think about it. I said there's mentorship and sponsorship, right? And they're at opposite ends of the spectrum. So the best visual I can give for you is a Chinese folding fan, the traditional Chinese folding fan. You know what that looks like, right? Mm -hmm. You got these two hard ribs and they rotate around a little head at the bottom. So let's say that head is the employee, right? One piece is classic mentorship. In fact, you know, that private one-on-one, not going to go anywhere. The other one is the classic sponsorship. Well, in a folding fan, the only way you get air movement is to open up the fan. There's a whole lot of things that you can do between being a mentor and moving to sponsorship. And when I talk about that with companies, they go, oh, okay, I get it. I can be matched as a sponsor. I'm not going to be a sponsor out of the gate. Mm-hmm. I have to build that trusted relationship with someone, that understanding of what they do before I can ever put my own reputation on the line to do that. So what are all the things that you can do? Oh, there's a whole lot of real estate in that fan that can happen. And you don't even have to be a position at top levels of leadership to do some of those things. I can advocate for you as a colleague. Mm-hmm. So if you think about some of those things, let's say let's say you have a life situation, Natalie, and maybe you have a special needs child and you wait for a caregiver to come help you out in the morning. And that makes you start your day a little bit later. Someone else might have the impression, oh, well, Natalie doesn't really care about her job because she is never there in the morning on time, right? And that's when someone can say, well, wait a minute, do you know what Natalie also does, you know, outside of her job? That's something that someone can advocate on. Sometimes it's pointing out that you're ready when you don't even think you are. I hear oftentimes women who will say, I can't leave this role yet because I'm not done here. (laughs) <laughs> I've got this team. I've just built them. I'm ready to go. You never hear a man say, no. I'm going to stay, right? No. Where's that next position? Yep. So as an advocate, you have to encourage them. Look, this team's going to be fine with you. We need you to go do something else. So there's an awful lot of things that you can do to advocate for people that before you ever get to the, hey, they're ready for that next promotion. And the tendency to do it with people that we don't know very well is to think about creating mini me's. Mm-hmm. We're not there to create mini me's. Right. We've got to understand how different people are and what's in it for them. That's so good. I would love for you to share with us how people can can follow you to learn more. Oh, great. Well. Um, I would love for you to join me on LinkedIn. That's where I do offer a lot of uh, content and ideas on leadership. Uh, So definitely there. I'm also on Twitter. Of course, I have my book. And then, of course, we would want people to join us in a Signature Leaders program. 
So if you are in an organization where you care about leadership and you use external programs, we would love to be you know, thought of for that as well. Well, I have loved this conversation, Carol. I hope that companies, organizations that are listening to this will consider sponsorship and of, of course, reaching out to you to get these things jump started in their organization. Thank you so much for your time today. Thanks for having me, Natalie. Appreciate it. Well, to our listeners, thank you for joining the Innovation Meets Leadership podcast. Remember, don't just get out of the box, break the box and set it on fire. Let's go transform something. Thank you for joining us for the Innovation Meets Leadership podcast. Be sure to subscribe to our show on iTunes. Follow us on Instagram or Facebook at Innovation Meets Leadership and visit our site at innovationmeetsleadership.com for more innovation resources. Today's sponsorship is brought to you by Territory Global. We work at the intersection of experience and imagination. We help you pinpoint problems and turn them into opportunities. We make imagine happen. Some of the best organizations in the world choose us as their partner to help solve their strategy, innovation, transformation, story, and ways of working problems. Learn more at Territory.co.